0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Darryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. There is much in scripture about the name of the Lord, but what is it? And why is it so wonderful? Today we see where God reveals the meaning of His name to Moses. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 3 on Simply the Bible.
0: Who is God? That question will give you many different responses depending upon whom you ask. But it is crucial that we answer this question correctly. Our eternal destiny depends on it. What is important is not what we think, but what God has revealed about himself. As God appeared to Moses in a burning bush, he called Moses to deliver his people from the bondage of Egypt. But Moses had objections. He said, Who am I that I should go? The Lord let Moses know that it really didn't matter who he was because God would be with him. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, When I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am, has sent me to you. Moses had a number of underlying concerns about accepting God's call. For one, he was a wanted man in Egypt for murder. Second, for an 80-year-old shepherd to come strolling in from the desert of Sinai with a story that God appeared to him in a burning bush and appointed him to be deliverer, who would believe him? So, in essence, he was saying to God, Who shall I say sent me? God responds, I am who I am. Tell them, I am sent you. God's name is altogether transcendent from any other name of any other God. His name speaks of the eternal aspect of his character. The four living creatures around the throne in heaven are constantly declaring of him who is and who was and who is to come. He is past, present, and future all at once. He dwells in the eternal now. Our finite time-based brain simply can't comprehend this. But consider the implications of His name being, I Am. Whatever we need, that is who He is because He is before all things, the Maker of all things, and the Giver of all things. Do you need peace? He is your peace. Do you need salvation? He is your salvation. Do you need provision? He is your provider. When my family first moved to Boise in 1994, we were dirt poor. I left a good paying job as an assistant pastor, moved here to start the church, and that first Christmas we really had nothing to buy gifts for our kids. My wife, Cindy, had met with a number of other pastors' wives and was just praying and they asked for any prayer requests. And and she said, we really have nothing to give to our kids for Christmas. And I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to pray that the Lord would meet our needs. And the next day we received a FedEx envelope. We opened it up and inside was a check for a thousand dollars. This came from our church in California, but they knew nothing of our need. Nobody said anything. It was Purely a work of God. I wouldn't trade that experience for anything because it taught us, including our children, that God is our provider. Do you need healing? He is your healer. Do you need righteousness? He is your righteousness. Do you need love? God is love. Whatever it is that you need, seek Him first. He's the I am. He is. Your source. Verse 15. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. The Hebrew word that is translated LORD in all caps in most major English Bible translations is Y-H-W-H. It's called the Tetragrammaton, which means of four letters. No one knows for sure how to pronounce it. Some say Jehovah, others say Yahweh. Orthodox Jews don't even pronounce it at all. Instead, whenever they come to it, they say the name, or Adonai, which is Lord. It is out of respect for this tradition that YHWH is usually translated LORD in all caps, but the name is derived from the Hebrew verb meaning TO BE, hence the name I AM. This is His name forever and a memorial to all generations. He is the self-existing one, one who dwells in the eternal now. He is the source of all. His name is holy, holy, holy. He is altogether separate, yet he condescends to meet the lowest person, who is like him. The Lord continued, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have seen... And I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they will heed your voice, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt, and you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now, please, let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. God mapped out the entire plan for Moses and the elders of what he was going to do and how they would be ultimately released from Egypt. This is rare. I have found that God usually only shows us one step at a time. He shows us the next step and he doesn't show us the other steps until we first take the first step. Well, it could be that he just knew that Moses had so many objections that he needed to see the whole picture first before he would agree to go. If this is the case, then God was condescending to Moses' weak faith. Remember, 40 years in the desert had convinced Moses that he couldn't do anything. And he really didn't want to bother. God had to overcome Moses' feelings of inadequacy. And yet, Moses' humility qualified him to be mightily used of God. Often I see people striving for position or to accomplish some great work for God. But there's little evidence of the Spirit's fruit and power. God cannot build upon a foundation of pride or self-will. And often I just see these people shelved for a while like Moses was 40 years in the desert. God has to bring them to a point of brokenness. And that is why God kept Moses out there in the desert of Sinai for 40 years. But now he was a humble man, and God gives grace to the humble. The Lord told Moses that when he and the elders appeared before Pharaoh... They should seek permission for a three-day journey into the wilderness to sacrifice to the Lord their God. In this way, Pharaoh would be more likely to let them go, thinking that they would return. But they would continue their journey all the way to Canaan. Verse 19, But I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, "...not even by a mighty hand, so I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst, and after that he will let you go." Never was there a person as stubborn as Pharaoh would be. Every time I hear the story of the plagues against Egypt... I am amazed that Pharaoh hardened his heart again and again the way he did, but God allowed this and even strengthened Pharaoh in this hardened position so that he could prove his glory to Egypt as well as to the world. Each plague was also directed against an individual Egyptian god to show that Yahweh was superior to all the gods of Egypt. It wasn't only for the benefit of the Egyptians so that they could know the Lord, but also for God's own people who would be influenced and corrupted by Egyptian idolatry. Idolatry has been the continual problem of mankind. Humans make gods in their own image and after their own likeness. They worship their own passions, sex, greed, power, materialism, prosperity, pleasure, nature, animals, children, and ultimately, the greatest idol of all, self. When we give ourselves over to any of these deceitful lusts, we dethrone God. Now, obviously, He remains on the throne in heaven, but we remove Him from the throne of our heart. Idolatry is worshiping the created thing rather than the Creator who is forever praised. What keeps you from obeying God and his commandments? That's your idol. What hinders you from fully trusting in the Lord? That is your area of temptation. The Apostle John closes his first epistle with these words, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. God would use ten plagues to judge Pharaoh, the Egyptians, and their gods to prove for all time that there is no god like I am verse 21 and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty handed, but every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters. So you shall plunder the Egyptians for over three centuries, the Egyptians have been taking advantage of the Hebrews, requiring labor from them but not paying them wages. Instead, the Egyptians enslaved them. Now this extortion would end, and God would move upon the Egyptians in such a way that they would freely give to the Hebrews. Thus, they would plunder the Egyptians. But they were simply collecting back pay. The beautiful thing is that in doing this, God was blessing them so that they would be able to freely give to the construction of the tabernacle where they could worship the Lord. Who is God? Any description other than the description God gives about himself and his word is a God of our own making. It's an idol. It is unworthy of the transcendent creator who dwells in the eternal now. He alone is Yahweh. I am the existing one. He always was and always will be. He created you to know him and to spend eternity with him. And the only way any of us can do that is through his son, Jesus Christ, whose blood washes away our sins, reconciles us to God, and gives us the privilege of standing on holy ground. And once this has happened, then we can receive from him all that we need for life and godliness. That's who God is.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com Or check out our iTunes podcast. When it comes to doing the will of God, often we're the ones standing in the way. Next week we'll see the roadblocks Moses put up to resist the call of God. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Exodus on Simply the Bible.